Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. I pray that you would speak to us this morning and I pray that we would listen and learn, Lord God. All of us here, all of us online, Lord God, help us to be truly teachable. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, Sarah. Bless the Lord. Thanks, guys. Well done, everyone. It's great to be back. So, um, My beloved husband, Pastor Chris, is still in Tasmania. I left him there and he's having a little bit of an extended break and riding around. I have no idea where he is, somewhere in Tasmania. That's all I know. On his bike, having a ball. I don't even know when he's coming back. Someone said, when's he coming back? I went, I don't actually know. (laughs) But I'm glad that you all missed us so much. I watched the service, which was great, great preaching, Byron, by the way. And I noticed we don't even get a mention. Like there's not even a sort of like... Chris and Ruth aren't here. It's like, so what? Like, nothing. I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm glad that you're moving on. It's the next generation. It's great. We'll get all the kids up and uh, just get rid of the oldies. That's what's going to happen soon enough. (laughs) We don't mind. It's all good. So praise the Lord. We have been speaking about Christianity 101. We love at the beginning of the year to look at the basics And so uh, Christianity 101, we have spoken about reading the Bible, we've spoken about prayer, we've spoken about coming to church, and today I want to look at being a disciple. I want to talk about being a dynamic disciple. So Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So God has called us to be disciples, and he calls us to go and make more disciples. That's what this church is supposed to do. That's why we're here. The disciple comes from a word called, a Greek word, mathaitis. I don't speak Greek, so I don't know the pronunciation. But it basically means a learner, a pupil, or more commonly these days we say a student. A student. That's what it is. Where we are, He says, go and make students and teach them. So that's what we basically are. We're all students, and it's a lifetime of learning. It never stops. And what are we learning? I mean, there's lots to learn. You start coming to church, learn about the Bible, learn about you know, what it says, what it means, learn how church works, learn about Christian people, Christian history. There's a lot to learn. But essentially, essentially, this is what we're learning. We are learning to be like Jesus. We are learning to be holy and beautiful. That's what we're learning. And we learn that by learning to love God and love his people quite simple really and there's so much else to learn but that's what we're called to Romans 8 29 those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image 
of his son. To be conformed. So we are meant to be like Jesus. Think about that, Malachi. Like Jesus. Now, we all have our own personality. So I'm going to be a Ruth Browning version of Jesus. And there's a Byron Gervin version of Jesus and a Hudson Browning version of Jesus. And we have a few Coopers here today. So we have some Cooper versions of Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? He's not going to change our personality. He loves us to be unique and amazing and different. He loves the flavor of all these fabulous different people. But he wants us to be a Jesus version. And believe me, Jesus is so amazing. When we look at who Jesus was, we want to be like him. John Eldridge says this in The Utter Relief of Holiness. Great book, I recommend it. People found the holiness of Jesus winsome, open-armed and utterly compelling. Jesus was good and goodness is so great. It's great to be good. He had a shimmering goodness that was attractive. People left their jobs. I mean, they just left their jobs. That's no small thing. You know, one of my um, in-laws is a fisherman, like in-law-in-law kind of thing. And it's a big, it's, it's a thing. It's a quite a big business. You know, you've got major boats and equipment and there's a lot of commitment and hard work. And, you know, imagine just a guy walks past and he's just like, I'm gonna, I, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. I just want to be with you and just leave your job. Like, what, what about you? But what, what are you doing? <laughs> well, Peter was married. Can you imagine his wife? What, where, what? Where are you going? Well, how are we going to, we, how are we going to pay for everything? Like, what, what are you doing? So we were all right. I'm going. I'm just, I have to, I literally physically have to walk after this man. Would you do that? If Jesus came along, Byron? You're, the, you're in the, you know, in the warehouse, all the staff, there's a lot going on. Jesus comes along and says, follow me. He says, I'm going to go now. It's so full on. Like we don't, we just think, oh, it's the Bible, follow me, okay, I'll follow. We just don't sometimes ground what we're reading and think about it. That's very full. Sarah's looking like, don't you dare. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a moment of planning before you leave. We did. We did it. Jesus said, go to Russia. So we did. Sell the house, sell the car, go wherever he says. It's fun. It's great. Praise God. We're praying for Russia. We're praying for the Ukraine. My heart breaks. Breaks. We have a lot of Russians in this church. I'm sure you all feel the same as I do. And believe me, so do our Russian friends. They are, they are, they are really broken and praying and it's just a terrible situation. So we, we, just, we just keep praying for them all. I rang one of my friends. She says, I'm, I want to go. I want to leave. I'm going to go to Turkey. I said, Turkey? So I don't know if that's going to be a lot better. And she says, yes, of course. You know, like, and she, she starts talking about her president in ways that I won't repeat. And I said, should, is this, should you be saying this over the phone? She says, I don't care. I'm not afraid. I'm like, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, all good. So, um, but, you know, people were prepared to leave everything to follow Jesus because he was so good. He was so wonderful. He was so amazing. Sure, some of them just wanted the miracles and some of them just wanted the free food. Hey, free food, let's go. But a lot of them wanted him because he was attractive and they wanted the truth. So God wants us to want that and to follow him and to learn, how can I be like him? How can I be good like that? That attractive, calm, gentle, powerful, creating, 
creative, strong, miraculous kind of goodness. This is not some phony, boring, fake, nice Christianity. It's very vital and very strong. It's a kind of goodness that will get you murdered. That's how good he was. Sometimes we see this phony Christianity. It's like, have you ever seen, you know, in the, back in the day they used to have plastic fruit? I mean, why? I don't know. But it was like a decorative thing. You know, my parents had some plastic fruit. And every now and again you'd get, you'd get tricked. You'd go, oh, that's, oh, it's plastic. Like, that's what some people's goodness is like. It looks shiny and nice, but it's not the real deal. Fruit is tasty and good for you. And the real deal is, is, is beautiful and good, but it's compelling and it's dangerous. We all always look at Jesus doing miracles and, and doing good things, but he also called the, the ruling leaders of the day a bunch of snakes. You're snakes, you lot. And he regularly told people after, yeah, come and let me love you. Let me look after you and pray for you. Now, don't sin anymore. Or something worse will happen. It's like, Ooh. Okay. Like he was good and totally merciful and totally loving, but he was strong and compelling in his goodness. So God wants us to be disciples and learn how to be good like Jesus is good. And my first point on how to do that is to be very eager to be transformed, to be excited about it, to have this commitment to change. 2 Peter 1.3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And then a little bit further on it says, for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, to goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control and so on. Eight times in the New Testament it tells us this thing to be diligent, make every effort to change. God wants to transform us, but we've got to be involved in this. Listen to the transformation that he plans. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Behold, we with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed if we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. And you know when we're talking about, we are singing, let it fall, let your glory fall. And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me, you know, we, we sometimes imagine, I don't know, like some sort of shimmering thing falling down. Like we love the idea of, I know, some fancy miracles or maybe gold dust. You know, you hear every now and again, God does some fun things like that. And that's great. I mean, yeah, bring it on. But, you know, I, I know friends that had jewellery on the altar. They picked up like pieces of jewellery. I know. And you all go, I want that. I want that. But I tell you what, the glory that he really wants is you. Because he says he is transforming us from glory to glory. Don't be looking for gold, dust and diamonds. That's great. Don't get me wrong. But to transform someone from a a broken alcoholic to an upstanding, noble, amazing, righteous man is a great transformation. And that is the glory he's looking for. It's in us. I felt him saying the glory that we want to fall is not some random, weird, mystical thing. It's the glory that comes through a transformed man or woman who becomes amazing, who changes, who grows. It's an amazing thing to see someone who was sort of, I mean, we've got some crazy stories even in this church, people who were really lost and broken and unemployed and addicted to all sorts of terrible things and who have transformed to the point where you you couldn't imagine that that's who they were. You couldn't imagine that that's what they were like. They're new people. He wants to transform us. So we have to 
decide that's what I want to do. I want to be transformed. And one of the first things that we're going to have to do in this realm is to be teachable. So we have to be eager. I want to change. I want to change. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to change. We've got to be, that's my first point. Just be so keen to change without being disgruntled. Sometimes I find my eagerness to change almost moves into discouragement. (laughs) So I'm not changing fast enough. Without being discouraged, we have to be eager and willing. We also have to be teachable. Teachable, yielded, soft. We have a wonderful teacher who totally knows us and who will teach us everything we need to know. You know, we've all had boring with a lot of teachers in this room. I like our teachers. And I'm sure you've all had boring teachers or bad teachers. Who's had boring or bad teachers? Remember at school? I had one teacher. I, I don't know what it was. She was a nice lady. She taught modern history. And I could not stay awake in her classes. She just used to sit at the desk and she says, well, in the first, Second World War, da-da-da-da-da. And they said, da-da. And she's very smart. And I just feel it coming. I thought, oh, no, oh, no, come on, try. And I, <laughs> I, must, I used to sit there like this, pretending I was reading my work and I was asleep. And sometimes I really was asleep. I don't know what it was about that particular teacher. I was quite a, you know, because I was quite a keen student. I did quite well, but she always put me to sleep, that one. And then we had a bad teacher who, um, who didn't mark our essays and we kind of suspected it. We, we handed in, she was very highly educated and she was considered very, like, there was a bit of a catch for the school to get her. Anyway, we handed in our essays and we got them back and, you know, we got our results. And after about four or five essays, we noticed that we sort of all seemed to have the same results and the same ranking. And then, so she, she figured out how smart we were and where we belonged. And then, and we also noticed the ticks were in funny places. So we started to say, oh, feeling that she's actually reading the essays and so we started I remember I deliberately changed some words around and made them not make sense and some people just put whole the, the really you know the really daring ones thank you put in like a whole sentences that was completely like you are not reading this Mrs so-and-so I won't name her she never noticed and we go see see fortunately my first day essay was good so you know I was kind of ranked you know okay but it was pretty tough you put in a lot of effort and that so after that so why put in the effort? You know, she's just going to rank us. In. So, you know, there's, there's good and bad teachers. So I'm sure none of you would do that, would you, Mr Ashby? No? Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is an example of what not to do. Okay? So, um, so, okay, so that is just to point out the fact that our teacher is not like that. The, the one that transforms us and teaches us is the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher. He is teaching us. He is causing us to grow. So we need to make sure that we are listening to our teacher, the Holy Spirit. Not, you know, I mean, there's lots of different teachers and there's lots of ways he'll teach us. I'll get on to that. But just make sure that we have room to hear from him. The other thing that people do sometimes is that they're, they're so full of other influences that they're not able to hear from him you know I don't know who do you listen to Kuka the day the nutrition girl Trini Zoe Foster Blake the Kardashians what is the male version of the Kardashians what do you blokes do that's just like 
Joe Rogan. Okay, Joe Rogan. I've heard the name. I've never listened to him, but whatever. So you can be full of these voices to the point where you are not listening to anyone else because you're just full of their voices and what they think and whether you agree with them or disagree with them. And can I also just say, Christians, there's some crazy Christians online. There are some crazy preachers coming out of especially America. And I mean, you know, just don't overdo it. Just, just not too much. Can I just say that you actually have been given pastors and teachers that you're meant to listen to, you know, and just, just stick with that. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to other people. Of course, of course you should. But some people do it too much. They really do. I know that God has a message for this church and these people. And I sometimes hear people, I'm like, whoa, what, what, are you, what have you got in your brain? Like, if we are getting a good message on Sunday, you know, and going to Connect Group and reading the Bible for ourselves, we probably don't have time for too much else. Just be careful of that because sometimes it can lead you astray a little bit. It really can. So how does it work? It's like the best illustration I can get is like surfing a wave. We have to be diligent, have to get out there. You know, I, I don't do it now, but I did when I was young and fit. I had a surf ski and even used to do the, we called it a boogie board back then, but... But, you know, you've got to get out there, you've got to paddle. It's a little bit, there's an element of work, there's an element of commitment, there's an element of going out to the, to the, to the ocean, you know, and, and, and being ready to catch the wave. But at the end of the day, the power to move, the power to move forward, the power to actually go somewhere, the, the movement in our spirit, the change that comes is from that wave. You've just got to catch the wave. That's what we've got to do. We've got to get on that wave and move where the Holy Spirit is taking us and just surf the wave. That's what it's like growing with God. Our commitment, our diligence, our commitment to be there out in the waves. You're not going to catch anything if you're just sitting on the beach going, I can't change. Help me, God. It's like, get out there and surf. You know, you're not going to change sitting on the beach complaining. You're going to change saying how hard it is to be a Christian. That's not going to work. You've got to get out there and, and surf the wave. And remember, it's fun. Being teachable is fun. It says from glory to glory. Glory is glorious. Glory is beautiful. Glory is exciting. Like surfers don't go out surfing because they have to. They want to. It's cool to catch waves. It's cool to grow. It's exciting. Do you remember when you were nine and you couldn't wait to be ten? Remember those days? It's like ten, two figures, like ten, I'll be like an adult, I have two. And, and then you couldn't wait to be in year seven and go like, I'm a high school, I'm a high school kid, like, I'm so cool, you know? Because when you're, when you're hungry to grow, it's healthy. Why are we laughing? Mia? Mia's cool. You are cool. You're very cool, Mia. I know, that was years ago. I know, you're like, you're nine, I mean, yeah. But, um, but it's, you know, you, it's great to grow. Like, you want to grow. And we should have that same attitude. We should never just go as a Christian. And I think, quite, I think a few people do get to this place. It's like, I'm, 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 I'm pretty good. I'm all right. Come to church, tithe, you know, make coffee. <clears throat> I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I, I think I'm good. I'm pretty good. I'm not swearing, committing adultery, murdering. I'm, you know, I'm not doing any of the bad stuff. I think I'm all right. That is a stinking attitude. Stop it. We need to be eager to grow. We have so much further to go. And I think sometimes people, they get saved and they're like, whoa, this is it. Wow, this is cool. Wow, who knew that there was this wonderful kingdom 
that I can be a part of. So exciting. But some people kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty good. It's like, no, you're not. Do you have any idea how much better you can be? How much better I can be? We need to be continually eager to grow. We need to be continually repenting. We need to, again, without discouraging ourselves, it's not self-flagellation. We're not, you know, we're not into whipping ourselves, but we are into urging ourselves onwards because there's so much more that we can be. I don't want to get to heaven and sort of think, oh, oh, could have gone, could have done so much more. There's a lot of stuff we can't do in heaven. You know, we can't witness to anyone. Everybody's going to be saved. You know, we can't, we can't worship God when, it, when we're hurting because we won't hurt anymore. You know, and I'm not sure if we'll be able to grow. I mean, like, there'll be a kind of growth, but not, not the growth of having to deal with our sin. So let's be teachable. Please be hungry. He teaches us in so many ways. He teaches us through the word of God. John 8.31, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. If you stay in the word of God, then you're a disciple, you're learning, you're studying. So if you're not reading the Bible, what are you doing? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He teaches us through preaching and prophecy. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Byron had a prophecy at church. And it's easy sometimes to just go, oh, that's nice, Byron, good word. But I was actually, I think I had COVID that weekend. So I was at home and um, watching online and uh, I was bugged by a whole bunch of stuff. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Ruth, just, just focus on me. Just focus on me. It's okay, God, okay. Just got to not, not focus on all this stuff. Just focus on you. <clears throat> so I did that. And then Byron gets up and he starts prophesying. Just, I just want you to focus on me. Focus on me. I've got times. I've got seasons. You know, and I'm like, Thank you. That's, that's for me, isn't it? Like it, that word was exactly for me. It was like, I don't know if any of you others were blessed. I don't mind. I don't care. I got blessed. <laughs> I have no doubt that God will get someone here on stage to prophesy for just one person. He would do that. I mean, everyone gets blessed. But. And so, you know, I, I, got, I stopped the, the, the tape, not then, but later on. I went back and you know how you stop, start, stop, start. And I typed out every single word because I knew that word was for me. So we need to listen and learn and be diligent and go, I'm going to learn here. I'm keen. I'm really keen. Matthew 4.19, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. So learn from, you know, obviously it's the Holy Spirit who transforms us, but he uses the word, he uses preaching and he uses people. And so we can learn from different people. I can learn from Byron, from hearing from God so accurately. I want, to, I want that. And it says if I'm fully trained, I, I, I can be like that, that bit. I don't, not every bit of Byron, but you know what I'm saying? We can learn, we can glean from each other and gain people's strengths. Still being ourselves. So he will teach us through the, the example of godly people around us. And it's so wonderful to be present, to be here, to be following, to be learning. The clear teaching of the New Testament is that the body of Christ is to be a people deeply, deeply connected to each other, supporting each other, filling each other's hearts. Those connections make us thrive. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 
I'm always fascinated by that scripture. I love the confidence. I just love it so much. Be like me. As I'm like Jesus. I mean, I've never said that to anyone. I have a few areas in my life that you can be like me in, but wow, Paul was really happening, wasn't he? Just be like me, even as I'm like Christ. So there are some areas, I guess, Paul said, don't follow that part of me, but I mean, it was a fairly broad statement. So there's something we can learn to be like, isn't it? We can learn to be so confident that we're so like Jesus that we can say to people, you should be like me. And then you'll be like Jesus. Wow. First of all, I I love the fact that he was actually telling the truth, that he was so like Jesus that he could say that. But secondly, also like this kind of confidence. This is, goodness is very confident. What a confident thing to say. What, but but humble, because Pride isn't good, so he wasn't being proud when he said that. So, the, you know, it's fascinating to see how you can have that sort of, that confidence and that wisdom and, and yet be, be in, in, in just good, so good. And example of godly people is something we can learn from and a word of correction or rebuke from godly people. Please, 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 if someone says anything to you, listen, listen, listen. Don't brush it off don't go and that's just you Ruth that's just what you think but I'm you know I'm different it's like are you are you really different do you does it occur to you that maybe the Holy Spirit has told me to tell you that because he usually does honestly if I don't know how to correct someone I don't I don't I seldom do actually but if you have a godly person in your life who says something to you why wouldn't you listen there's so few people that will offer you correction that have the courage to do it or the wisdom to do it why don't you listen? And yet people regularly don't. It's like, oh, no, well, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, like, whatever. And, you know, I, I mean, personally, I don't try more than once or twice. If someone doesn't want to listen, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not, unless the Holy Spirit says try again, I'm like, oh, God, they don't want to listen. So listen, listen, listen. You know, I had someone come to visit me the other day, a lovely person, and um, I'll keep them anonymous. And they were asking me about watching TV. And, uh, and they said, oh, can I talk to you about something? I, I've been watching this show and I, I just feel like it's filling my mind all the time. And then, you know, it's kind of, it's okay, but it's got these unhealthy bits. And then I sort of think, oh, no, 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 I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I can, I can fast forward the bad bits or I just, oh, on the bad bits. But, but, uh, but, but she said, you know, it's a series and, um, and she said, she said, I, I don't know, what, what do you think? And, and, and she was so good about it. And we talked about it a little bit. And she said, it seems like such a little thing. But, but I, I realised it's not a little thing. Because I felt like the Holy Spirit was going, Should you, really? Should you be watching this? She told me the name of the show, actually. And I went, yeah, I watched that for one. No, I, I, didn't, I couldn't watch it. It's not too bad. And she said, and I, I know everyone's a little bit different on what they can and can't watch. But I think most of us probably think it's okay to stick our head down the garbage bin a little bit too much. It's like, why would you want to do that? You know, really? Really? Just the garbage bin? It's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I've got my head in the garbage bin, but I can handle it. It's like, okay, if that's what you want. But, um, but, but she makes a great point. She says, but it's not a little thing because she felt bad afterwards and she felt like the Holy Spirit was whispering to her, not to watch it, but she was pushing that voice aside. So, no, 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 okay, I'm okay, okay, I'm okay. And she said, and it, 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 when I prayed, it affected my relationship with God. And she said, it's a progression. 
It's a progression of ignoring the Holy Spirit. That's the problem. Maybe it's not such a bad show. Maybe it's okay a little bit. But that thing of, no, 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 I'm okay. The Holy Spirit, yeah, no, 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 don't do it. And she's like, no, 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 I really like it. I'll just, I just watch the end. I'll just, I'll just fast forward the bad. I'll just hurry up. It's like, don't do that. Listen, listen, listen. It's not just television. Sometimes it's separating you from the Holy Spirit. That's not good, is it? You don't want that. So let's, let's be teachable. So she was good because we talked about it and we, we, we nutted it out. And then I spoke to her recently. I said, what, what did you decide? What are you doing? Because I don't tell people what to do, usually. <laughs> um, but she said, no, I'm not watching it. I feel so much better. And it's hard because then you, when you get involved, you, know, you want to know what's happening to the characters. So... Anyway, so God will speak to us through people, but also that still small voice in, his, in our hearts, he will speak directly to us. So open our hearts, open your hearts to one another. That's often how he speaks to us. 2 Corinthians 7, 2, open your hearts to us. You know, I've had people share things with me. And uh, James 5, 16, same thing. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I had someone come and tell me one time that they had an eating disorder and I didn't know. And they were so ashamed of it. And they hadn't told a soul ever. And, and, you know, we talked about it. And just from confessing that sin or that, that issue, that problem, she was healed. She, and she's been healed for like the last 20 years. So because it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Sometimes just opening up is enough to break the power of that sin in your life. Other ways he teaches us, I mean, there's so many, trials and sufferings, difficult people, all kinds of things. There's, there's so many ways that he teaches us, you know, sometimes just a bird in the sky will teach us, or a motorbike ride, or whatever it is that you're into. So, just have that attitude that I want to be holy. That's the final point that I have, that we are we desire to be holy. We, we, we are teachable, we are eager, we are hungry to grow and we are very keen to learn what God has to say for us. Um, Isaiah 66.2 says this, These are the ones I look on with favour, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. How's that? They tremble at my word. Jesus wants us to say no to sin and be holy. So it's not just teaching and learning about good things. It's also saying no. And there are times like watching that TV show where we need to say no. And know this, that sin, you know, there's this idea that sin is fun. Sin is ugly and dark and foul-smelling and it sinks its claws into your soul. It hurts and depresses and attacks you until it destroys you. You don't get away with it. And you don't sort of go, oh, this is just a little sin. It's just, it's, it's awful. Just, you know, our world is very light on sin at the moment. And, I mean, I mean, even the word sin, it's like it doesn't exist. It's like, oh, it's, it's all good. Everything's fine. It's not. It's so destructive and terrible. God wants people who tremble at his word. What does the word tell us to do? We should be trembling like, okay, I'll do it. If that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. It says be eager to change. I'll be eager to change. For me personally, I remember someone said to me once about listening, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be anger, angry. It was like, that's what the word says, to be quick to listen. I'm like, oh, because I talked a lot <laughs> back in the day. And it shook me up that so much. 
and it changed my life. Sometimes one word from someone, if you will take on, if you will yield and, oh, she said to me, you know, Ruth, you, I've told you this story before, but I'll tell you again. <laughs> she said, I, well, I was very young. I was 18 or so, 17 at school. She said, you know, you never listen, Ruth. You never listen to anyone. I went, well, that's a bit, that's a bit rough listening to you. And she goes, no, no, you don't. You, so you just wait for someone to stop speaking and then you jump on and you've got a better story. You just use their, their words to make your words better. And, and you don't really listen. You don't engage. You're not really interested. You don't really ask questions. You don't really listen to the other person. You just, you just want to talk. You, well, it has to be about you. And I was just like, this is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> I was just so stunned. I just remember going, oh, wow. And I'm thinking, does everyone think this of me? Like, it was so stunning. And it was true. I remember going, I don't really know what you're talking about because if you don't – because I wasn't a good listener, I didn't notice that I wasn't – it changed my life. It was the best thing ever. I'm so grateful to her. So have that trembling at his word. If it's true, if someone says something to you, tremble and go, I'm going to change. I'm going to be like that. Let me just read you a little bit about being holy. Holiness means I say no to my will and yes <laughs> to his will. Holiness is not following rules and being morally correct, not just that. It's falling in love. It's walking with Jesus. It's following the Holy Spirit. Holiness, holiness is not just knowing the correct doctrines. It's living them in a vibrant, exciting way. Holiness is not looking and acting like a nice Christian. It's being righteous because you passionately love God and his people. Motives matter. Holiness is never hiding behind excuses. I was born this way. I just have a bad temper. It's not my fault. I've got a difficult husband, rah, rah, rah. No, holiness is humility and responsibility and repentance all the time. Holiness is exciting and wonderful and we are called to be a holy people. I really felt that the Lord wants me to just read this um, uh, prophecy that uh, Pastor Phil Pringle, if I can open my phone, recognize me. Um, Pastor Phil Fingal spoke over our church. This is a good church to be in if you want to be holy and grow. He said this, You make great disciples, brilliant, beautiful, noble, elegant Christians, dedicated to God. God loves you and smiles on your work. So that's you. Come on. Brilliant, beautiful, noble, elegant, dedicated to God. That's you guys, transformed from glory to glory. Let's decide that's who we are. Amen? Praise God. Come on, let's pray. Praise the Lord. I'm so keen for you today. Take a hold of what I've said. Make a decision right now. I am going to grow. I've got, I'm going to go. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm a disciple, a follower, a student, student of Jesus. Why don't you all put your hand on your heart and just really make that commitment right now. Let's go together. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for every heart in this room that you see. Touch every heart. Father, I pray that we would be convicted and excited to grow, to be honest, 
Don't let us get away with things, God. We don't want to, if you don't want this prayer, take your hand off your heart, I'm telling you. I pray, Father God, that we would be convicted of where we're missing it right now. But convicted so that we will be excited to change, Lord God. Not to be discouraged, but to be excited to move forward with you. We lay down our lives to you, Father God. We follow you, Jesus, on this exciting journey with you. Help us, Lord God. Touch every heart. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.